What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I'm your host. I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. I am joined here today by Kyle Soppy. He can be found on Twitter at KyleSoppyPFN. And our guest for today's episode is Britt Flynn. She can be found on Twitter at Britt underscore Flynn. Soppy, I will come back to you in a second. Britt, how are you today on this fine Monday morning? I'm so good, except I'm still shaken up from all the injuries yesterday. Um, I usually have a legal pad out and I just tracked. And by the time I got down and I just kept going, kept going, kept going, um, I just started writing curse words. So um, it's going to be a very interesting week uh, for waivers, especially with all the buys. But other than that, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yes, we will talk about those injuries. I'm sure we were talking about before we started recording, like normally we can talk about, you know, one of those injuries, those key injuries. What's the fantasy fallout here before we get into waiver wires? But with players like Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Justin Fields, the list goes on and on and on. It would literally be the entire show here. So we're not going to do that today. We will talk about them as we get into the waiver wire rankings. Soppy, though, before we get into that, how are you today, my friend? I'm doing good. I mean, you mentioned the injuries and that that puts a damper on things a little bit. But I mean, it was a fun week six. I think we got a fun Monday nighter ahead of us. That's always fun. Monday night games always make Sunday more enjoyable because it's like, yeah, this is all... This is all great. And then I've got a nice little dessert on Monday night. When you get those Monday night stinkers, it kind of hinders what I'm doing because Sunday's kind of the end of good football until Thursday. So I'm, I'm excited that we have a good Monday night game. Yeah, uh, the first mo- good Monday night football game in what seems like an eternity. Uh, but we'll get into that, of course, here just a little bit. Uh, we are going to be walking through this podcast. Of course, you can watch it over on YouTube as well. YouTube.com slash at PFN Fantasy is where you can see the podcast take place. Make sure while you're there, hit that like button on this video, subscribe to the channel, and click the bell to get notified for when our new content drops. Additionally, if you are listening over on the podcast, make sure take 30 seconds out of your day, leave a rating and review. Helps out the show in a massive, massive way. We appreciate all the support. We've got a lot to get to, folks. Let's get into it here. NFL teams on bye in week seven. Carolina Panthers, Cincinnati Bengals, Dallas Cowboys, Houston Texans, New York Jets, and Tennessee Titans. I've done my early week six or week seven rankings. They are now up on the site at Pro Football Network. Uh, they're, They're not pretty. Uh, so let's find some players to fill in those starting spots on our fantasy football roster. Soppy, let's start at the running back position. Who is at RB5 on the week for you? We'll get there in a second, but give me two seconds here to complain about these stupid schedule makers. They give us two bye weeks one week, zero the next, and then right in the middle for no good reason. After all these injuries happen, we have six teams on a bye. What is this nonsense, Kyle? I thought we were advanced enough as society to have like even bye weeks throughout the course of a season. Why does that not happen? Somebody answer that question for me. Uh, I don't think I don't think that we can. Yeah. Okay. It's the all Amazon right, AI. It's. I know. It's the Amazon supposed- AI. They pride themselves on this and everything being balanced. That just goes to show that AI is not yet as advanced <laughs> as people. So that's all I have to say about it. Yeah, that. and don't get me wrong. It's not a job I want by any means, but my goodness, like, come on. We got to balance these a little bit better. I'm running back five is not to get completely off track here. Keontae Ingram. I mean, we weren't sure how that backfield was going to play out. Amari DiMarcado was just used as a pass catcher. We thought he might be the lead guy because he took over for Connor when he was hurt. But much like when Jerome Ford filled in for Nick Chubb, when he got hurt, the role when you fill in isn't the role that you have when you're the guy. So it's just a little bit different. Keontae Ingram would be my number five running back ad. James Conner hasn't played a full season in his career, so we don't know how long that injury is going to last. Four would be Kareem Hunt. I've just been unimpressed with what we've seen from Jerome Ford, like point blank. 3.0 yards per carry this season. If you remove the 69-yarder he had in that little weird end-around, funny, goofy run against the Steelers when he filled in for Chubb. So I'm not that impressed, Cream Hunt. 
he has a history of showing us that he can do this. 80% career catch rate with four and a half yards per carry. To me, that's the profile of a guy that can at least work into a committee in an offense that we know needs to run the ball. Three, two, one, going down right, the list. Hold on, hold on, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop Hold on, you're All going right. way too far ahead. You're going way too far ahead. We need to talk about Keontae Ingram here, still at RB five. Right, we okay. need to spend a little bit of time here, then we'll work our yeah. way down the list. I know that you're just super excited to get to these running right. back waiver wire ads here. Let's spend a little time talking about them. Keontae Ingram here, next matchup up against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, you're absolutely right. We didn't know how this backfield was going to shake out. I said this week that really none of them were major like starts for me this week. We needed to see kind of how things played out. Keontae Ingram does get the majority already work the work there definitely an option that you can look at here Britt I'm going to send it back over to you RB5 running back pickup on the week where are we going yeah so my RB5 is actually Latavius Murray from the Bills um, we saw that Damian Harris unfortunately went down with a really scary looking injury um, but even in a negative game script situation for most of the night Murray still saw 12 carries to James Cook's 14 um, Josh Allen also underwent x-rays on his throwing shoulder after the game. We saw him kind of pop into that blue medical tent and then pop back out. Didn't seem like it was a big deal, but he is undergoing an MRI today to determine the extent of the injury. So Murray could be in line for a lot of work next week against the very hobbled New England Patriots if Allen is unable to throw. I like that you brought forward that name because that was not on my radar whatsoever. So I'm glad that you brought that forward. Damian Harris, most likely. And of course, we wish for a very speedy recovery for him. That was a scary scene to see that happen. We hope that he's back on the field here very soon. But Latavius Murray, there is work enough in uh, available enough in this backfield for two running backs here alongside James Cook. If it is a two-man committee, then we could see Latavius Murray as a solid bi-week fill-in option. And there are going to be a lot of people that hear the names that are listed here, and they're going to scoff. They'll be like, no, I'm not going to pick up and start Latavius Murray until they go to their fantasy lineups and they look at mm-hmm. all the players that are, avail- are, that are on bye this week and they're like, oh, you know what? Latavius Murray sounds like an actually pretty good option. So, Sapi, you mentioned Kareem Hunt there at RB4 on the week. Britt, did Kareem Hunt crack the top five for you? He actually is my number four pick as well. Um, He had 12 carries to Jerome Ford's 17, which isn't great. He's still playing second fiddle to Jerome Ford, but he did get that touchdown, and he saw work in the receiving game. So going up against the Colts next week, who just let Travis Etienne run all over them, um, if P.J. Walker is still the starter in Cleveland because we don't know how long Deshaun Watson's going to be out. I expect a lot of rushing work again, and that pass volume and target volume that he's getting really puts him at the forefront for me. All right, Sapi, let's keep it moving here. Now you get to talk about your RB3 pickup on the week. Where are we going? All right, I think I got the flow here. It's a back and forth. It's a (laughs) ping pong situation. My apologies on that. Jamal Williams for me, number three. Alvin Kamara, 25 touches a game while he's been the guy since returning to action. To me, that's not going to last. This is the fifth worst red zone offense in the NFL. They need a guy like Jamal Williams. Now, I'm not saying he's going to lead the league in rushing touchdowns from this point forward like he did last year, but he's got a role where I think it's going to be, even if he's on the low end, if it's 35, 40% of the running back touches, he's getting the valuable touches. To me, that's a guy that you can plug in during your flex, assuming he's back this week. We hope he is off of IR. We think he will be. If he is, he's a flex-worthy consideration when you're when your roster's gutted with injuries and bye weeks, which is pretty much the case for everybody right now. 
It's been interesting. They have the New Orleans Saints have yet to fully trust Kendra Miller here. We've seen some oh games God. where the tu- the touch count is you know looking really re- promising. That's why we talked about Kendra Miller on this podcast last week. Sixteen total touches in Week Five, and that drops all the way down to just four opportunities this past week. Two carries, two targets. So Kendra Miller not necessarily at the point where we can trust him just yet. There is a there is room for another running back in this backfield. Jamal Williams seems to be trusted here by this coaching staff. We'll see what that opportunity is this week. Britt, let's send it back over to you number three running back pickup on the week so i'm actually going with craig reynolds here because i think that this guy out of all the guys on the waiver wire for running backs this week has the biggest path to the majority of the touches david montgomery unfortunately went down we're still awaiting test results to determine the severity of that injury but with jameer gibbs hobbled with a hamstring injury as well it could be reynolds as the lead back And if I'm looking to find somebody, I want the guy who's going to be guaranteed touches. Um, Also, just a side note, did y'all see the block that he made for Amon St. Brown? Dude is a dog. I mean, he's if he gets the carries, he's he's going to put a pounding on some people. I think that this is a really, really interesting one to keep an eye on here. Again, so many injury situations as we move throughout the rest of this week, we have no idea how, you know, David Montgomery, we could get a, a positive update on Tuesday. And it's like, actually, he just, you know, landed on the ball. He got a wind knocked out of him, bruised ribs or whatever. He's back for this next week. Or it could be David Montgomery's going to miss a couple weeks. We've seen that this coaching staff does not want to completely trust Jameer Gibbs to handle the majority of the touches in this backfield. So there is an opportunity here for 15 plus carries next week for Craig Reynolds in a five and one Detroit Lions offense here. That is someone worth keeping an eye on here as we move throughout the rest of the week again. I'll say this and I'm going to say it a ton of times here, pfnfantasy.com. We've got injury updates on all these players that we are updating as soon as news comes out. So make sure to go over there to keep an update here on David Montgomery and what that means here for Craig Reynolds moving forward. Soppy, let's send it back to you. Number two running back pickup on the week. I love the Reynolds call. I'm going with the 49ers running backs. I think Eli Mitchell's probably rostered in most leagues he is most of mine just because he was the handcuff coming into the season kind of the known quantity but Jordan Mason played ahead of him yesterday and he looked the part and this is less about them and more about Kyle Shanahan and my belief in the 49er system I mean if whoever comes in is 60% I'm not asking for them to be Christian McCaffrey if they are 60% of Christian McCaffrey you know what that is and half PPR that's Bijan Robinson like that's plenty fine by me off of the waiver wire obviously you're not getting that but the idea that that could be in the card should somebody run away with this role to me it's it's not that we know Christian McCaffrey is going to sit we don't know and we don't know exactly where this is going to go but having that avenue having that clear of a path to significant volume to valuable volume to me is worth worthy of when if you have a number one waiver and Jeff Wilson who's my number one we'll get there in a second isn't out there to me either 49er back I prefer Mitchell to Mason but I like I said either is fine by me all right Britt did these 49ers running backs crack the top five for you and if so which one are you preferring they did um so I'm actually flip-flopped I have Jeff Wilson as my number two Um, only because we don't know yet if he's going to be activated from IR. We know that he's been practicing, but that uncertainty of whether or not they're going to hold him out another week. And Ahmed did get the touchdown. He scored 12.6 PPR points. So he still looked decent in what admittedly was a blowout. But number one, I have the 49ers running backs. And for me, it is Jordan Mason, because I still still feel like Elijah Mitchell is a little bit hobbled. Um, Two carries for negative three yards. I mean... Obviously, it was against the Cleveland defense who looked very good, 
we still don't really know the status of Trent Williams as well. And that could be a big factor um, if he is unavailable next week. But Mason ended up being the guy. He was five for 27 and the touchdown. If Debo is back, I think both these guys' ceilings decrease, but I doubt that he is. A shoulder injury is pretty severe. All right, so let's put this into context. Sapi, I'm going to send it back to you here. What percentage of fab would you be looking to spend on your top priority there? I think you said you prefer Mitchell over Mason. What percentage of fab? Is this someone that you're going out there aggressively, or is it I'm going to set equal set you know percentage fab bids, and I'm fine which, with whichever one I get? I think it's going to be equal for me just because we don't know. Like if, if it was Eli Mitchell and he was fully healthy and coming into the season and he was the one to Mason's 1B or 2, then I would be like I would be aggressively going after Mitchell, but that's why I drafted him in the first place. He shouldn't be available because we knew he was he was close to this Christian McCaffrey-esque role and obviously that's not going to be the case 100% and Jordan Mason working in. I agree with Britt that I don't think he's fully healthy, so that that worries me some and I mean this could be a lot about nothing. This could be much to do about nothing if Christian McCaffrey's back because we know he's he's in there for 90% of the snaps. Like there is no secondary standalone role there. So all those moving pieces put me on the low end, for, I don't know, 10%. Like I'm not heavily investing in this just because of the unknown. If we get clarity before waivers run, then by all means, wheels up. Yep, for sure. All right, let's keep moving here. You talked about Jeff Wilson there. Britt, I'm going to send this back to you to elaborate there a little bit more on Jeff Wilson before we wrap up the running back discussion. Yeah, so Jeff Wilson, I mean, he was practicing. He is hopefully in the lineup next week against the Eagles, and it's really not a great matchup as the Eagles have been uh, one of the best teams against the run. But last season, when it was just Wilson and Mostert, they basically had a 50-50 split. And Wilson was the guy who was getting those green zone touches because he is the bigger back. He is the stronger back. Now, will they do that with him returning from a neck injury? Again, we don't know. It's that unknown situation that uh, we're a little bit worried about. But over the next few weeks, he is set up to have a much more steady role than some of these other options. So if you have a guy on injured reserve who's going to be out a couple weeks, I think that Wilson provides that solidifying uh, plug and play into your lineup that you need. I will use this opportunity to plug Kyle Soppy's waiver wire live stream that happens on youtube.com slash at PFN fantasy at 1 PM on Tuesday. This is where you're going to need to come back because the order of these running back waiver wire rankings could be drastically different when we get some injury updates here later on today or into early tomorrow. All right, let's move into the wide receiver position here. Looking at the top five players, Soppy, I will send it to you. Your number five wide receiver pickup on the week. Give me some Rashid Shahid. I mean, he's got a, we saw the long two catches and I understand those were his only two catches. That is what it is. It's what Rashid Shahid is. But at this point, if you're telling me I have a guy that has 15 point ability and that I can slide into my flex spot that has the downfield capabilities of Shahid, I'm doing it. He's got a 40 yard play in seven of his last 12 games. He's a nice compliment to Chris Alave on the outside. And it does seem like Derek Carr's trending toward being healthy. The shoulder isn't 100% right. And on the 51-yard catch, he was drastically underthrown and Shaheed made a play. So there is that. I don't think Carr's 100% healthy. It is what it is. He can still get the ball close enough to downfield. And I trust Shaheed with the ball in his hands. Like I said, playing next to Alave alleviates a lot of the pressure. Michael Thomas underneath, Alvin Kamara out wide. There's a lot of flexibility in this offense to leave Shaheed on an island. He, he's he's a rich man's Marvin Mims at this point. He's at least on the field and running wind sprints and getting the occasional target. 
the really encouraging part for Rashid Shaheed was six targets yesterday. Yes, only two receptions, 85 yards, and the touchdown. You alluded to that, but six targets. That is encouraging. Mm -hmm. And we talked about this several weeks ago. When you look at that schedule for Rashid Shaheed moving forward, like he just played Houston here this week, but then Jacksonville next week, Indianapolis, Chicago, Minnesota. Then he has the bye. Then Atlanta, Detroit, Carolina, New York Giants. Like the schedule just is really, really green here for Rashid Shaheed moving forward. Britt, let's send it to you. Your number five wide receiver pickup on the week. Mine is Kendrick Bourne um, from New England's Patriots. Uh, we obviously know the Patriots' offense is in shambles, but you cannot argue with the targets that Kendrick Bourne is seeing. 11 targets against the Raiders. He's averaging seven targets per game so far this season. He is the wide receiver one on this offense, even when Juju comes back. And at this point on waivers, that's all you can ask for. Are you going to go for a wide receiver two or three, or are you going to go for the wide receiver one on a team? And this morning, while I was prepping for the show, Bill Belichick was um, on the Patriots radio show talking about how hard that Bourne has worked and how productive his season has been. So that's got to be a good sign because you know that Bill Belichick does not hand out compliments right. unless he's going to incorporate them in his offense. For sure. It definitely seems like a very risky investment to go after someone on the New England Patriots offense, but mm-hmm. the target totals are the target totals. And if you can get fantasy production, that's what you need to win your matchups. Groundbreaking analysis here from me. Uh, Sapi, your number four wide receiver pickup on the week. And I think Britt's number four, or number five in that case is going to be more productive than my number four in the short term. But I'm aiming for stealing. That's what we're doing. We're building out roster depth here. Give me JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba for the Seattle Seahawks. He was on the field plenty. All three of the receivers ran 39 routes. Identical route count last week. That shows me he's at least on the field. He's earning his way on the field. That's the start to good things. Do I think he's going to be viable on a consistent basis? I don't. But he's only one injury away from being a top 35 guy. Like if... He's one injury away from being our flex darling. And that's what you want here. You want the upside to crack fantasy lineups. I could tell you to pick up Robert Woods or somebody like that that's going to catch five balls for 40 yards every single week, and you're never going to want to play him. It is what it is, and there's a place and a time for that. But I want JSN, if I'm making ads right now, to add that upside, to add that depth to my roster, knowing that if something happens to DK or Lockett, he fills in, and he's a viable fantasy starter from the jump. We talked about this going into, I can't remember which bye week it was for another rookie wide receiver, but it was coming out of the bye week. Are we going to see these rookie wide receivers get more involved in the game plan? That's historically, typically what we have seen is that the NFL teams use the bye weeks to say, how can we get this player more and more involved now that we've seen a little bit more of them in game action? You're seeing that here with JSN here this past week with that route count moving up. So JSN, a name to bring forward here as someone that I think you can slide onto your roster right now for pretty cheap. I don't think Mm -hmm. that people are going to be looking at his production. I mean, 48 receiving yards this past week. That's the highest receiving yardage total that he's had this entire season. So I think people are going to be able to, like they're not super rushing out there to go pick up JSN, but I do think that he is more of the long-term play there. Britt, your number four wide receiver pickup on the week. I've got Wondell Robinson off the Giants. And again, much like Kendrick Bourne and the Patriots, uh, the Giants offense is in shambles. But Terod Taylor actually spread the ball around last night, and it was refreshing to see Wandell finally out there doing something. He caught all eight of his targets. He showed some shiftiness and speed. I actually like him more with Taylor in over Daniel Jones, but he's still emerging as one of the top targets in New York, and I really like what I've seen out of him so far. Yeah, Wandale Robinson, since he's come back, five targets in week three, six in week four, six in week five, eight this past week against the Buffalo Bills. 
And we know that he's got the talent level. He's got the talent level to be able to make those count for fantasy. So I like the inclusion here as your number four wide receiver pickup on the week. Soppy, number three wide receiver pickup. Where are we going? Yeah, it's Wandell. I, I just have him one step higher than Britt, but I'm completely on board. I mean, if this is what you need from a PPR league, that you just need it to steady the ship. If you've got a great team, you're five and one, you're coasting, you just need somebody to get you through these bye weeks and get you eight to 10 points. Wandell's that for me. I mean, the 6.4 yards per catch is downright repulsive. But that, that's what you get here. You're chasing volume. He's on a 93-catch pace. If you extend it over 17 games, to me, that's more than enough to, ro- to justify being on your roster. All right, Britt, I'll send it back to you, your number three wide receiver pickup on the week. I've got Curtis Samuel as number three, and I know that he's been pegged as a gadget guy, but he legitimately looks like the wide receiver two in Washington. His target share yesterday was way down from previous weeks, but he still he scored a touchdown in back-to-back weeks. Sam Howell is coming along and showing signs of growth, even in the face of adversity, even when he's down in negative game scripts. And they do have some very favorable matchups over the next couple of weeks. So I like Curtis Samuel, at least for the next four weeks going forward to get you through these bye weeks. It's looking like Sam Howell is locking on to Curtis Samuel here. Like he's trusting him and he, the Sam Howell is producing. You look at the fantasy finishes for Howell and the perception around, you know, Sam Howell is like, ah, he's a low end QB too. Dude's finished as a top 15 quarterback for fantasy football every week outside of that week three dud against the Buffalo Bills, right? Outside of that, he has been an incredibly productive fantasy football quarterback here, and that's translating over to Curtis Samuel being a very consistent, reliable option here, which has not been the case for Curtis Samuel historically. So Curtis Samuel there at wide receiver three on the week for you. Soppy, wide receiver two, pick up on the week. Where are we going? And these top two, I think we have the same top two here. And these are the two guys I would be putting some kind of priority on. I wouldn't, I mean, as much as I like the idea of JSN and think he's a viable cheap option or the Wandels or the Rashid Shahids, they're just that. They're kind of flyers. Whereas these top two, I think have some standalone power and consistency in your lineup. Josh Downs for me, we saw him with a 26% target share from Minshew entering last week. He didn't quite get that this week, but he did score. He was involved in the game plan early to me. That's what you want to see. And we're not sure what Anthony Richardson, what the future holds there. So as long as Minshew's holding the reins there, I think we're looking at six to eight targets. And that puts him on the PPR flex radar on a weekly basis. For me, you're talking about a team that has the Falcons and Raiders during the fantasy Super Bowl window there in weeks 16 and 17. So if I, I hope it's not the hap- I hope it doesn't happen. But if Robinson's out for an extended period of time and we get Minshew in those spots, Josh Downs could be a difference maker come Playoff time. Britt, Josh Downs in the top five for you? He is. He's actually my number one for all the same reasons. Um, But he's kind of taking over. He's got a 20.6% target share. And what we've kind of glossed over is that Alec Pierce, who has been on the field for all these routes and all these snaps, uh, went out with a shoulder injury yesterday. Mm -hmm. So that was the one knock on Josh Downs was the fact that he hadn't been seeing the snaps. He hadn't been out there on every single play. But with Pierce out, potentially with a shoulder injury, which I don't know what it is with the Colts and shoulder injuries this year, (laughs) um, then his target share could even increase even more. So he's my number one. Um, I've actually got Rasheed Rice as number two. Um, It finally looks like Kansas City has a legit wide receiver one, but he hasn't seen the snaps that we typically like to see. His usage in the red zone, though, is huge. And even though he didn't score a touchdown against the Broncos, he caught all four of his targets, 72 yards. He's got the Chargers in week seven who rank literally dead last in the league against the pass. So if you're 
if you've got a case of bi-week blues, Rasheed Rice is your guy. Savvy, let's talk about Rasheed Rice there. What uh, what are your thoughts on him? You had you said you had him at number one on the week. I do. And if you've got the bi-week blues, you can add Rasheed Rice, and then you might just be stuck with him for a while because I don't think he's going anywhere. I mean, he's got 50 yards or a touchdown in four out of six games. You mentioned him being the number one option or receiver option in this Kansas City Chiefs offense. I don't know what more you want in from a waiver wire ad. At this point in the season with these injuries piling up, Rasheed Rice being the number one option. Yes, the target count is minimal at this point. They're working on it. Patrick Mahomes keeps working with him. They, you see all those clips. That's like, oh, he could have cut this way, could have cut this way, and they're discussing it. He clearly sees something in him. There's growth potential here. He's got the inside track to be that wide receiver one. And if you're the wide receiver one in Kansas City, you're a top 30 guy. He just has to earn that role. I want to be a week early or three weeks early. I think if I did this podcast with you, he would have been on the list for quite a while now. So I'm going to continue to be early on Rice rather than late. You're going to have to spend less now than you will this time next week. Sapi, I want to put this into context for people that play in waiver wire, you know, or in fantasy football leagues where the waiver wire is fab bidding. So what percentage of your fab are you looking at for both of these guys here, Josh Downs and Rasheed Rice, who said they are priority ads? Let's put that into context. Yeah, I think I'd go like a quarter of my budget on Rasheed Rice. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for him to be a wide receiver three and or flex play the rest of the season. And to me, that's what you're paying up for on the waiver wire. If you bid low and you kind of lowball Rashid Shahid. there's going to be seven Rashid Shahids that come along that could be, hey, he's going to get four targets, hopefully he makes the most of them, the kind of guys. Rasheed Rice's don't grow on trees, don't grow on the waiver wire that often. So I'm willing to go up to 25% of the, the starting budget. I mean, that yeah. obviously changes with what you have left. But Rasheed Rice is that guy for me. Downs comes down a little bit in the rankings for me. He'd be more of a like a 15-20% guy, but still a guy I would be allocating resources to acquire. Britt, what about for you there with both of those players, with Josh Downs, Rasheed Rice, what's sort of the fab percentage, just to put that into context for people of how aggressively they should be going after these guys? Yeah, it depends on how big of a need you have on your roster um, from team to team. You know, if you did not plan out bye weeks when you did your draft, you need to be going at them aggressively. I would say 30%, but I think that you're right. 20 to 22% on either of these guys is probably where you're going to get them at. All right, let's move into the quarterback conversation here. Looking at the waiver wire, again, we've talked about all of the teams that are on by this week. You're going to need a fill-in option here. Sapi, who is a quarterback worth looking at here in week seven due to their matchup off the waiver wire? Yeah, to me, it's Sam Howell. I mean, he scored at least 18 fantasy points in four of his last five games. You mentioned the one dud. It happens. Bad games happen to everybody. We've seen Patrick Mahomes have bad games. We've seen Josh Allen have bad games. It just happens to everybody. Don't sweat it. You want the consistency when he's right, and he's got that right now. We've got a viable trio of pass catchers. He's got running backs that are getting it done. And we moan and complain about Terry McLaurin and his lack of consistent targets. That's a thing. For Terry McLaurin, that's a bad thing. For Sam Howell, it's a good thing. He's spreading the ball around to everybody. That keeps the defenses guessing, keeps that floor high. I don't think this floor is going anywhere anytime soon. The ceiling is capped. We get that. But the rushing potential and his ability to move the ball around, to me, Sam Howell makes a nice streamer option. Britt, what about for you? A quarterback or multiple quarterbacks worth looking at here in Week 7? Yeah, so I had Sam Howell at the top, but I'll go ahead and throw out another one. That way we're not just repeating people. Um, it's Derek Carr versus the Jaguars. I mean, it looks like Carr's shoulder is back to normal. He did show off that deep ball ability, even though it was underthrown, um, but at least he's getting there. Um, and the Jags defense has been hit or miss, and they are allowing the fifth most fantasy points to the quarterback position. So I think if you've got that combination of Rice, 
Michael Thomas and Chris Olave, who will presumably be 100% healthy coming back this week, that they're in a very premium matchup to stream. Uh, Derek Carr underthrowing that long bomb to Shahid, yes, but also it is an improvement over his 13 catches to Alvin Kamara when he came the first <laughs> week he came so. back here. So we're getting further. Yeah, we're he's get, getting there. He's getting there. The A dot's increasing here as we move throughout the rest of the season. Let's talk about some tight ends here off of the waiver wire in week seven. Sapi, where are we looking? I think a guy like Luke Musgrave floats onto the waiver, kind of the stream of consciousness a little bit because they were just on by and he's a rookie tight end, all these things. But in week five, he caught six or seven targets. And to me, that was valuable for a few reasons. His teammates only caught 10 of 22. So that shows Jordan Love has a connection here. And Jordan Love is just chucking the ball deep. So if he's got a viable short option and a guy like Luke Musgrave, like I'll take my chances there as a PPR guy. You pick him up, you stream him now, and with the buy in his rearview mirror, there's a chance you get some lasting value and you're not coming to this show every single week. Who are the tight end streamers? There might not be a less game fun to play on a weekly basis than pin the tail on the waiver wire donkey (laughs) here when it comes to tight ends. It is obnoxious. So maybe, maybe, maybe Luke Musgrave can get there against – the Broncos this week extend that they've got a favorable schedule coming up and maybe he can get you off the tight end streamer radar Britt what about for you at the tight end position yeah I wrote this in my notes I said all of these options are gross and you're just hoping to not get a zero if you're streaming tight end Um, but my guy is again as gross as it is is Jonu Smith um, from the Falcons He, he may actually be a thing now that he's reunited with Arthur Smith. He's tight end nine in PPR leagues going into tonight's game. Um, 17.8% target share. And he's gained the majority of those points without scoring a touchdown. He scored a touchdown yesterday, and that's his first one all season long. Um, he does have a decent floor against the Bucks defense, even if they are a little bit stout against the tight end position, just because how many passing attempts the Falcons are, are putting up. I mean, Desmond Ritter with 47 attempts yesterday, that it's absolutely insane. Some of these are going to go to Johnny Smith, and he works out well in Arthur Smith's offense. All it took for Johnny Smith to get back to fantasy relevance for was for me to stop talking about him year over That's year, all. and it finally worked out that Johnny Smith is back at the top of the waiver wire options here, uh, top 10 tight end, like you said here, moving into week seven. Uh, Sappy, I did want, before we move on from the tight end position, because I know that a, a popular name that people are talking about right now and that they're excited about is Michael Mayer, the tight end for the Las Vegas Raiders. What are your thoughts here on Mayer as we saw him take over this tight end room in Las Vegas? Yeah, I mean, he took over a room that was kind of empty. So, so congrats right. to you, Michael Mayer. That, that's good, though. But we did see him catch all four of his targets in the first quarter for 67 yards. And to me, that's relevant. Those are the plays that you're scripting up for your offense that you want to make happen. They only had 11 targets in the first quarter. He had four of them. That's like 35 36%. That's a high rate for a rookie that hadn't been involved up to this point. We'll see where it goes from here. And like Britt said, the tight end position is just a black hole of nothingness. So what do you have to lose? There literally is no risk in throwing a dart anywhere. Who would have thought that we'd be talking about the tight end two in Atlanta when we couldn't make the tight end one work for Atlanta for like 18 months? So there is no such thing as a bad thing. The only bad thing here you do is spend a lot of fab on a tight end because that locks you in. That puts you in a spot where you're committing to a guy. And I just think that's crazy. But Michael Mayer, a very viable ad heading into week seven. Michael Mayer, only 3% rostered in Yahoo Leagues right now. So widely, widely available. He is worth picking up here. Uh, Chicago Bears matchup in week seven here. So 
we could see Michael Mayer do some damage here in week seven. Uh, let's move into DST options for fantasy managers that are looking to stream with all these bye weeks. Sapi, I'll send it right back to you. Who is a DST worth looking at in week seven? Do we have any idea why the Browns are so available? Like, I just don't get that. They're the best sense. defense in the league. Like, I, I understand that the best defense in the league doesn't always translate perfectly to fantasy scoring, but I mean, they've scored at least eight fantasy points in four. Uh, they, let's see, they've had their buy. So, four or five games this season. We just saw them shut down the unshuttable, downable 49ers. Just ask Derek Tate. That's his, uh, yeah, that's definitely a word, Kyle. It yeah, definitely sure, I, is. Yeah, yep, okay. Yeah. No, I'll spell it. We'll get it in. Uh, we'll get it in the dictionary and everything. It'll be. I don't an know. I don't know if week. grammar. I don't know if grammarly is going to like that one. Oh, oh, we'll have a talk. I have a podcast with them after this. Don't <laughs> you worry. But uh, yeah, I mean, they're. I don't. What don't they do well? They they're the top pressure team in the league. We saw them just get to the 49ers and do anything they wanted against an offense that felt like they were unstoppable. They had scored 30 points in every Brock Purdy start up to that point. They were clawing to get what they did on Sunday. The Browns, to me, the I, you're adding them now and you're not giving them back. They've already had right. their buy. You're locking that in. You're out of the DST streamer game for the rest of time. I think the reason why Cleveland was so widely available, only 40% rostered in Yahoo leagues right now, is week. because of the bye week in week five and then coming yeah. up against San Francisco in week six. So fantasy managers are like, I'm not going to play a team going up against San Francisco. Even though Cleveland has been great, I'm not going to drop that or I'm not going to play them. And I think that's why they're so widely available up against Indianapolis here this next week. I think that they are a rock solid start. They're going to be in my top five of DST rankings in week seven. Britt, what about for you, yeah. a DST option worth looking at on the waiver wire? Yeah, so I'm actually looking at the Detroit Lions. I know that they're going against the Ravens, but the Ravens have been very hit or miss so far this season. Um, you just don't really know how their defense is going to operate. And although they're averaging just under 24 points a game, the Lions defense has been so good. They've only allowed 18 points per game. They have eight total takeaways. And the Ravens have been a little sloppy with the ball. They've got six interceptions, three lost fumbles, as well as allowing 16 sacks. I really like Detroit's dominance to continue. All right, let's move into top 10 overall waiver wire rankings. We've talked about a ton of players here. Let's put it all into context of the priority of these players. Sapi, I will start here with you. Just walk down from 10 down to number one in a list format here to put it all into order. At the bottom of the list, I guess here, Rashid Shahid is number 10, JSN number nine, Wandell Robinson number eight, Keontae Ingram seven, Kareem Hunt six. Then we get into the guys that I think are kind of more worth your while here. Five is Josh Downs. Four, Jordan Mason. Three, Eli Mitchell. Two, Jamal Williams. And numero uno, Rasheed Rice. He's going to be in your lineups. He's more than just rostered up. He's a starter. He's a flex type of guy. Rasheed Rice, my number one ad heading into week seven. All right, Britt, what about for you? Ten down to number one. Yeah, I've got Kareem Hunt at number 10. Craig Reynolds at number nine. Kendrick Bourne at eight. Wondell Robinson at seven. Jeff Wilson at six. Curtis Samuel at five, Elijah Mitchell at four, Jordan Mason at three, Rasheed Rice at two, and then Josh Downs uh, at number one. All right, that'll do it here for week seven waiver wire. I can't believe that we got to as many players as we did here in just 34 minutes. Absolutely incredible. Thank you guys so much for dropping the knowledge here for people as they look to navigate these tough bye weeks and all these injuries. Britt, I want to thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule. Jump on here and talk some waiver wire. What do you got going on this year that people need to know about and where can they find and follow you on social media? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. Um, so my waiver wire article comes out every Tuesday on fantasyalarm.com. I also have weekly matchup previews coming out on Thursday with every single game, including the Thursday and Monday night games um, that's included in our all pro package. 
then um, ESPN Chattanooga Radio Tuesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, Lightning Round Tuesdays on the Fantasy Alarm YouTube at 1 p.m. Eastern, Brit's Fantasy Blitz on Fantasy Alarm YouTube Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern, and you can find me on Twitter at Britt underscore Flynn. Awesome. Thanks so much, Britt. All right. We have a ton of injuries that are still up in the air here. Remember, go over to pfnfantasy.com. Every single player, injury updates, everything, what it means for fantasy football. We are breaking that all down there. pfnfantasy.com. Make sure to go over there and get your information that you need before you set these week seven waiver wire claims. All right. That'll do it for Britt Flynn and Kyle Sapi. I'm Kyle Yates. Thanks for watching. And we'll see you next time.